This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Can I move? Yeah. Uh, just depends on the situation of the organization. Wherever they need me to play is where I'm going to play. Uh, I started playing a little bit of center field my freshman year. I feel like being short and, you know, using your athleticism at short, it's kind of an easier transition to just bounce around and uh, play different spots. That is Austin Martin when we had him on the show, our Jacksonville baseball celebration show a few weeks back. And tonight will be a big night for Austin Martin, the young man from Trinity Christian from Jacksonville. Could be the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. I mean, how cool is that? I, I kind of get the chills saying it. I think it's awesome. You know, I'm a baseball guy, so growing up, that'd be so cool to be picked in the draft. How about number one overall from Jacksonville? And by the way, it's not like he's a six foot five lefty that throws 96. He's a scrappy, really good hitter at six foot tall and 180 pounds. I mean, he's, I, I remember having him on that conversation. I was like, uh, you know, you're not like you're kind of like a little guy too, like not big guy. Yeah. He's not little. He's not like Jose Altuve, but it just shows you baseball, man. You can come in all shapes and sizes, and if you can hit, you can hit, and and he can certainly do that. And he is a gamer, and uh, you know, he's kind. He's not really a late bloomer, but he wasn't a stud guy all along. Uh, I was looking at video of this other kid. Today, that's probably going to go number one to the Detroit Tigers, Spencer Torkelson. Now he's a six foot four first baseman. Yeah. And they put video out when he was 12 years old. Okay. And you know, if you, if you're going to go the number one, say you're going to go to like be a five star kid in football Mm -hmm. or in basketball, or if you're the number one pick in the draft, like Patrick Mahomes, what do you, well, Matt, Patrick Mahomes wasn't number one, but like, uh, give me the latest number one guy who was, oh, uh, Burrow. Burrow, yeah. Burrow actually might not fit this example very well. Who was last year's number one? Overall pick. Oh, you put me on the spot, Brent. Come on, man. Um, Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray. Okay, so Kyle Murray is a, a better example of this. Mm-hmm. Burrow might have been too. I just don't know because Burrow feels like a little bit of a late bloomer as well, given what his one huge year at LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kyle Murray, when he was twelve, okay, your guess is he was probably running circles around people uh, in football mm-hmm. on the basketball court. Uh, he's a good baseball player, so he's probably. You know, yeah. hitting well, leading probably, off, stealing bases, flagging down, probably probably an undersized but very athletic kid, right? And, and you'd be like, man, this kid's pretty good. Sure. Well, if you look at Spencer Torkelson's video that they tweeted today when he was 12 years old, yep, you do not say that. You're just like, you're like, that guy's going to be the number one pick. Really? Yeah. It's 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 really interesting, and and it's not really to knock him. He doesn't look awful. He's not, the, but he doesn't look like this stud kid. Yeah, that's what I love about baseball more than any other sport. You could be this late bloomer, and the first Big two picks in, in the uh, Major League Baseball draft could be these guys that when they were 12, 13, 14 years old, you'd never say that they're going to be the first pick overall or second pick overall in the Major League Baseball draft. Yeah, you just wouldn't uh, look at it. Have you found the video yet? I haven't found the video yet. Check out my Twitter. I retweeted it uh, this afternoon. All right. And it's, it it just, uh, I love it. I love that part uh, about baseball. I really do. Like, uh, to the point where, listen, I think Daniel Murphy was probably a good player when he was 12 or I don't know. I don't have video of it. But I say it about Murphy all the time because he was a late bloomer in the sport uh, to become a star like he became at the big league level at 27, 28 years old. Uh, And baseball allows you to do that. Very few other sports allow you to do that uh, at the professional level. Are you checking out the video? Yeah. Like, you know, you just be like, I mean, it's not like he's bad. 
but you're also not like, hey, man, that guy, he can certainly play, right? You're not wowed by it. Listen, not going to talk. Okay, I'm talking smack. If you would have saw my highlight film back in Little League, I'm just saying. Might have been I'm better. just saying. Especially because I had the afro going. I'm just saying. Might have been something to it. Maybe I end up playing the wrong sport. That's all I'm saying. Due to that highlight video when he was 12 years old. That's all I'm going to say. Now, if you fast forward to his Arizona State video, it looks a little different. For sure. But there's looks just a little so bigger. much growth. Everybody grows and everybody gets better and all that stuff. But this kid, But it's the beauty of baseball, though. It, it really it takes has, all shapes and sizes, man. I, I think uh, the late bloomer nature of baseball, I, I love um, I love that. Well, I really like it because probably my kids because they could time to grow a little bit. But <laughs> I, I do like that aspect of it uh, at yeah. all levels. Uh, that being said, Austin Martin might be uh, the number one guy. Could be the number two pick to the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, maybe he drops to three. By the way, if he drops to three with the Miami Marlins, that means he could play with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp here in double-A ball. Now we're talking. Which would be kind of cool. Yep. Uh, and he's second baseman, third baseman. I think he played a lot of short. I remember seeing him at short. I remember in high school, too. But uh, I'm pretty sure about that. He also could shift to the outfield. Mm-hmm. So from a defensive standpoint, he's he can he, he's got some uh, ability to be versatile. But again, he's being drafted because he can flat out hit. That's why guys get drafted in the in the first couple of rounds. And especially if you're not six four like Torkelson, sure. and you're six foot one eighty like Austin Martin, you're getting drafted because you're you're a gamer. Mm-hmm. You can hit. You can size it up. And I mean, he's not going to be like a forty home run guy in the big leagues, but he's got enough power to probably be a twenty home run guy. Sure, uh, going to be fascinating to watch. He was he's the best player in the country. Most people say, like, even better than Torkelson, but they're taking a chance at a first baseman who's a big guy, yeah. and that's why he's going to go number one overall. But most people say Austin Martin is the best player in America yeah. in this draft. Shout out to baseball scouts, man. I think we talked about this actually last year when the when the draft was going on because we had some uh, Jacksonville area guys last year that were uh, slated to go pretty high. I mean, I get it. You know, the the, the first ten picks or so, like, yeah, I, I guess they stand out. And listen, I'm, I'm not a scout by any means. So I don't know what, exactly what to look for in terms of mechanics and in terms of um, what they bring to, to the position. But, like, when you start talking about rounds five, six, seven, and stuff like that, you're talking about like, the later rounds of an MLB draft. I mean... To me, you're just taking a shot in the dark. But, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm sure every player's got their own comprehensive scouting report. I mean, you know, the scouts have done their due diligence. But, man, it's got to be a lot of work. A couple of uh, other notes about the Major League Baseball draft happens tonight. The first round is like 37 picks with with some of the extra picks that happened the first round. Then rounds two through five tomorrow, and that's it. This is usually a 40-round draft. Now, you go way back, and it was even more than that. Remember, Mike Piazza was picked in the 62nd round. Mike Piazza. Yeah. I love that about baseball, he had his own too. video game, by the way. Now, uh, 62 rounds might be a lot or whatever they were. I think it was a 100-round draft at that time. Uh, <laughs> and that might be a lot. Yeah. But I hate that this year, because of the pandemic and everything else, there's only five rounds. Getting drafted is a cool thing. That's one of the neat things about Major League Baseball. They have so many rounds. Even if you get drafted in the 37th round, you tell your grandkids you someday you get drafted. Right? Yeah, of course. So there are going to be a lot of guys missing out on that. That mm-hmm. could happen to a Colby Halter, who's Bishop Kenny kid. He's committed to Florida. He's going to be right on the fringe, it looks like. Uh, I've seen rankings have him in the top 100. I've seen other rankings at like 128, you know, up to 160. Mm-hmm. And there's only 160 picks. So uh, who knows? And if he doesn't get drafted, or even if he does in the later rounds, he might still choose to go to Florida. Uh, we'll see. We're going to catch up with him Action Sports Jacks tomorrow because it will be a 
a day two draft pick, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't think there's any threat of him going in, in the first round. Uh, JU has a kid that could go, uh, and Florida's interesting because Florida has a bunch of high school commits that could get drafted in the first couple of rounds, but they're committed to Florida. Mm-hmm. So they could see a lot of their guys get drafted. And that's the nature of it for, for Florida. They draft, they, get some of the elite talent in the country. Florida State's in this boat as well. There's a couple of guys in the first two rounds that are committed to FSU. So they could really see their recruiting class change tonight and tomorrow based on who gets drafted. There's one other element of this. Because of the top five, the only five rounds of the draft, and there's slotted money and bonus money, it's very confusing, I think, in Major League Baseball. But the rest of it, people can sign undrafted guys. So it's like NFL in that sense. You can sign undrafted free agents. The max they can bonus those guys is 20000 which is different than years past. There might be a little bit of a workaround in terms of what they can give them now versus like next year, I think I've heard. But it raises this question. Most juniors, if you're going to be drafted mm-hmm. out of college, come out. And go pro. They don't go back for their senior year. Most. Uh, I'm sure it's ha- it happens. But especially if you're picked in like the sixth round, seventh round, eighth round, you're, you're going. True. You're going pro. If you're a junior this year, do you take the 20 grand and go pro? Mm-hmm. Or do you go back for your senior season yeah. of college baseball? Yeah. I mean, 20 grand, let's, quite, let's be honest. I'd love the check it's for 20 grand, but it's really not a lot of money. Yeah. Do you go wait it out next year? Hopefully they'll have more money to play with, more draft, uh, more rounds. You could improve your stock. I, would, I mean, I would think most guys will go back. I would definitely wait it out and go back because keep in mind, I mean, that 20 grand, well, that's essentially a semester at probably the school you're at. Right, so you might as well get the free education, yeah, and then probably get more money in the following year. So I, I would definitely um, hold out, you know, and see what the landscape looks like in another year or so. Yeah, so that's what. So all of those variables, what I'm talking about here, that's different this year because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and that doesn't even get into the part of do we even have baseball this year? Like, where do these guys go? Usually they'll go off to instructional league or rookie league or, or something. Yeah, I don't know where they're going. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Like, if you're, you know, if you're on the fringe, let's just say, and you have a chance to be the undrafted guy, um, and get the twenty thousand dollars. I mean, do you really want to go into a landscape that where there's no idea what's going to happen? Like, I mean, you may not even have a home. Like, there's no way. I, I would just definitely sit out. I would go back to school and just wait to see how it all shakes out. Do you know how? Uh, I should know this, but the NFL, like, say you get whatever your bonus money was for being fifth round. Sure. I, I, I don't. I don't know if there's going to be an apples to apples comparison, okay. but did you just get it? Like, was that a check that you got right away? Yeah, it was. Well, when I signed my contract. Yeah. So when I signed my contract, I got my signing bonus all up front. You did. Yeah. Now, do some guys get it deferred at all? Or do they like Ooh. if, you know, whatever the bonus was for the third overall pick? Mm-hmm. Do you know if they get that? All at one time, or does it come over installments over years at a time? Like, I think there might be something where they get something when they sign, and then when the season starts, they get something else, or maybe the rest of it. I think if you're a first rounder and we're talking, you know, tens of millions of dollars, then I think there are the installments. I don't think it's all one lump sum. But I think, I think after the first round, at least back when I played, then I think 
You get the lump sum. You get the lump yeah. sum. Okay, so yeah. here's where I'm going with it. Interestingly enough, like I think the Baltimore Orioles with the second pick are slotted for like an eight million dollar payday for Austin Martin. Mm, mm, mm. Not bad. He can buy his own Aston Martin. <laughs> for a couple of them. But here's the catch. He might not want to buy that Aston Martin until next year. What I read is they will give him a hundred thousand dollar bonus this year. And then next year, July of 21, he gets 50% of that guaranteed money. And then the next year, he gets another 50%. Which, which you know what, in the grand scheme of things, probably in a bad deal. I probably want a little more of my money up front. Sure. But out of that $8 million, he's only getting like $100,000 up front. Yeah. So you're sitting here for the next year like, all right, well, I, I, I that's not, uh, I know it says I'm getting $8 million, but yeah. I wouldn't mind it right now. Listen, I mean... That's interesting. And that's what right? I read. Because, yeah, all of a sudden that bottle service might not be coming around until a couple of years now, Austin. I don't know how you get down or anything. I mean, you went to Vanderbilt. So I think you're a pretty intelligent guy. Um, <laughs> so you're probably not going to be popping bottle service all the time. Maybe you're more in the library. Who knows what you do on a Saturday night? But that's fascinating, yeah. right? Because, I mean, at least from what I know of NFL players, like, listen, you get a if you're a first round pick, you get that money up front. You don't get all of it, but you get a good chunk up front. So that's crazy. It's crazy to say that I made more in my signing bonus when I signed and got it all up front than he's gonna make being the second or first pick of the MLB draft. Well, that is great context. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's in 2010. Yeah. So in 2010, yeah. you could make more as a fifth round pick in the NFL with your first bonus check. Yeah. Then. Austin Martin, the potential one or two pick in the Major League Baseball draft in 2020. It's insane. That's absolutely insane. And again, it shows you the times, right? The NFL's trying to save money. Uh, I'm sorry, Major League Baseball trying to save money, cut back money, try to peel back stuff. Yeah. And this is one of the ways they're doing it. Uh, well, uh, pretty wild. Pretty and, wild. And a little advice to Austin Martin. When you get that check, don't do like I did and put it in your pocket. Then try to fly back home to Wisconsin and think that you lost it at the airport. And you had to go back and make sure you didn't lose it. What? How can you do that? What do you mean? Like, you just put it in your pocket? Well, I got the check, and I was getting ready to go back home. So, yeah, I put it in my pocket, and I sat at the airport, and it may have fallen out, and I had to go back to where I was sitting and make sure I could get it. So, it was there. there. It was still there. Might have been. Nobody had picked it up. So, wait, you flew and then had to fly back? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I thought, like... (laughs) But, like, instead of, like, I don't know, putting it in the bank... Yeah. I, or, like, I kept or like really like putting it in a safe place, like in your book bag or your wallet. Oh, no, dude, or... gym short pocket, man. And you know how those gym short pockets? Nothing pocket? stays in gym short pockets. pockets, man. We're talking all the time out of those gym nothing short pockets, Nothing is less reliable than gym short pockets. Yeah, what are you going to do, though? What? It worked out. We're fine. How did you make it this far? <laughs> hey, what does it say about your career path when I'm sitting right next to you right now? That's hey, a very good we're point. We're in the same boat right now, dude. That's a very so good welcome. Point. Yeah, that's all right. So go ahead and make fun of me if you want, but you're sitting next to me. Yeah, good call, because I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a great story, though. Yeah. Good thing it was still there. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I used to have these. Uh, I remember this from when I was in Rhode Island. Gosh, that would have been obviously 20 years ago. But you have like buddies, or you knew somebody that would uh, like do car washes, and they did it in like the uh, Attleboro area, which is not too far from Foxboro, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And so they would have Patriot players kind of go through the car, have their car washed. Yeah. And you know, some of those folks would they're, they're like statement 
for their check would be right there. And so they would, yeah, like, they see what's up. They would tell you, they'd be like, hey, uh, so-and-so, I don't know, I'm just going to use an example, I don't know if it was, but like, Ty Law, Yeah. you know what his check is? It's like $38,000 for this week, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. It might have been sure. 380000 I don't, I don't know, know, for sure, yeah. Like, you're like, holy cow, yeah. can you imagine getting that every two weeks? Oh, and trust me, man, because like, you know how it works with those statements. So every, every week they get paid in the NFL, I mean, they drop it off in your locker, and then it's pretty easy to see once it's opened up. So, yeah, you know, every once in a while, say I'm sitting next to maybe like a Derek Harvey or a Jeremy Minson, I might just have a casual glance over there to see what I'm up against, and yeah. Crazy. That's it's crazy, no, that. that is yeah. crazy money. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is unbelievable money. Yep. Hard, uh, you get used to that and uh, quickly, I guess. No, for sure. And then reality hits. And then reality hits, and you're sitting on ESPN 690 working for peanuts. <laughs> and, you, you, and, you, and your you key card TV, doesn't even work. Key, I don't know if I even work here anymore. I haven't even checked my bank We're statements like three lately. weeks from Austin <laughs> actually even, not being allowed in the I building. Even, am I even employed right now by the company anymore? I have no idea. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> that yeah. is so good. There's no other spot we I'd did, rather be, though, Brett. We did defer your um, your first payment. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> that's, that's a nice way to put deferred. <laughs> forgot, just didn't care. I deferred, though. It's all good. All right. Uh, hey, breaking news in sports. Yeah. NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag at racetracks. How about that? It's crazy. I mean, we were talking about it in the break. It just happened. Yeah. Uh, that is, I mean, listen, we covered Daytona. Mm-hmm. I don't judge anybody that is a NASCAR fan or a racing fan or anything like that. I don't try to categorize them. But there's no doubt when you go through the infield at Daytona Mm -hmm. for years and years and probably every NASCAR race for that matter, you see a lot of the Old South and a lot of Confederate flags. And uh, it's almost hard to imagine going to a NASCAR race and not seeing them. Without a doubt. Let me ask you this, you know, and, and keep in mind, I mean, where I'm coming from, like I grew up in Wisconsin and I, we always considered like this, I guess you'd call me a Yankee, right? So they call people from the yep. North. Yeah. So, you know, the Confederate flag was, I mean, it, it wasn't really prevalent like it is obviously in the South, but I mean, it, it's still like there were still the people that would rock it because I would go to NASCAR events, you know, in Wisconsin and in racing events and you would see it there. But like, you know, it wasn't as big it was as it is in the South and like. When we went to Daytona, Brent, to cover it, you know, two years ago, I mean, it's, it's everywhere, right? Now, whether those people have it because it's racially charged or they just have it because they have Southern pride, I mean, everyone has their different opinions and different reasons. And I'm not trying to call anybody out here. But I guess my point is that how do you think the NASCAR community is going to respond to this, right? Because I could almost say right now that we could see more of an outrage than we saw for the NFL when the players first kneeled with Colin Kaepernick. Like, I think it's that monumental right now what we're talking about where the Confederate flag is going to be banned at NASCAR events. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Bubba Wallace. Uh, Bubba Wallace, the um, only African-American driver on the Cup Series, the the big series of NASCAR, two days ago. And by the way, tonight he'll he'll uh, drive a car that says uh, hashtag uh, Black Lives Matter. Correct. It has a fantastic artwork on yeah. it mm-hmm. uh, as well if you haven't seen that. But – Two days ago, he called for NASCAR to ban all Confederate flags at the racetracks. Mm-hmm. And this was the response just two days later. NASCAR putting out uh, this statement just a short time ago uh, in the last uh, half hour. The presence of the con- uh, Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment 
to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and the community that it creates is what makes our fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. Wallace uh, then says his position will not sit well with some people. He says, quote, there's going to be a lot of angry people that carry those flags proudly, but it's time for change. We have to change that. I encourage NASCAR. We'll have those conversations to remove those flags. And again, that was said just a couple of days ago. NASCAR just said their statement that I just read uh, in the last half hour. A big move. Uh, and and again, we've talked about this for the last seven or eight days, uh, a little bit less today, but a lot of it yesterday about this generation of athlete. And when you think generation of athlete, I don't think you're thinking NASCAR drivers all the time, mm-hmm. but that's part of it, part of the conversation. And Listen, their audience is primarily white, has been for a long time. Uh, Very few minorities and blacks uh, in the sport of NASCAR from a fan perspective, quite honestly, and and from a driver perspective. I brought up when we were talking about Bubba Wallace, they have a diversity program. We've done stories on it before Mm -hmm. uh, from Daniel Suarez to uh, to Bubba Wallace, you know, uh, not just a a black program, but a, a diversity program. Um, in in general, so we have seen uh, more and more minority drivers uh, e- enter NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, you know, I'll give you two guys that were involved as truck owners in the last, well, let's say, ten years. Brad Doherty's a big one, former NBA guy, mm-hmm. and Randy Moss owned a truck yeah. uh, in the Truck Series. Correct. So. You know, it, it's not like Michael Jordan's involved. He used to be involved with racing too. I think. You know, I think he is. Racing. I think you're right. And, and like, uh, like, like the crotch rockets as well. But. So he, it's not like NASCAR hasn't been inclusive. Sure. But you also don't identify NASCAR as a very diverse and inclusive sport. It's just yeah. the way it has been mm-hmm. and the way it is. And again, we if you go to Daytona, uh, the, the numbers will showcase that. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a big move. It's a big step. And, and I think it also goes, again, to the conversation of the power of the athlete right now. Because here in Jacksonville, Chris Conley on Friday says something about a Confederate statue in Hemming Plaza. Mm-hmm. And it's down five, four days later. Mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace, a black driver on the NASCAR Cup Series, says we need to take the Confederate flags down at races. Mm-hmm. Two days later, NASCAR acts. Uh, the power of the athlete is... Is as big as it's ever been, in my opinion. We had that discussion yesterday. Correct, and and obviously, Bubba Wallace being the only black driver in NASCAR, I mean, he's going to be directly tied to this, okay? And obviously, his comments um, echo that. I guess if anything comes right now of this COVID nineteen pandemic, it's the fact that there aren't really fans in the stands right now, right? Because let's be honest. There's a large majority of NASCAR fans that are ticked off right now, okay? Just go on the Twitter comments and you'll see it, okay? And the fact that I guess they can't really voice their displeasure, voice their outrage at a live event, I mean, is that going to help things down the line? I I just, I'm really curious to see what this is going to look like, you know? And I'm really curious to see how Bubba Wallace is going to come out of this. You know, now granted, I mean, Props to Bubba Wallace, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't get the, 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 the I don't get the the flag. Okay, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe it's not my right to understand it, but I tie some bad things to that flag. Okay, so good for Bubba Wallace for standing up what he believes and speaking it into existence. Got nothing but love for Bubba Wallace for doing that. But one could wonder, like, what what is going to spark this now? Like, what is going to come from this, right? Because we always talk about Colin Kaepernick and how he was perceived, 
right? And I think obviously NASCAR, unlike the NFL back in the day, well, NASCAR obviously had Bubba Wallace's back, 110%. So that's great. But I wonder how Bubba Wallace is going to come out out of this. Like, how is he going to be perceived with the NASCAR community? It's going to be interesting. Well, I think he'll be very much supported by drivers. I think he, sure. obviously having the support of NASCAR is most important and also sponsors. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen other people, I mean, listen to Kyle Larson in this same stretch, right? Yeah. Fired for his remarks while playing the, the iRacing. Yeah. And uh, what a cha- what a dynamic. If you weigh that in the last six weeks, that instance where mm-hmm. he was fired to now Bubba Wallace talking and getting action. And I think also sponsors will, they're aware of this. This is not a turnoff from the sponsorship. It might be a turnoff for some fans. Mm-hmm. And I think you're wrong. It would be naive not to say so. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it will be interesting to watch. And also fans are going back into NASCAR races. I think, uh, I thought I saw it coming up. Uh, I don't know exact time. I don't think it's the end of this month. I think it's early July. The uh, it's in Homestead, isn't it? The Dixie Vodka 400 and Geico 500. Where? When are those? Um, let me June 21st. Okay. Oh so, wow. so so it's coming up. Pretty. Okay. Never yeah, mind. So, that, yeah. so about a week and a half away from fans getting back wow. at the racetrack. Uh, it'll be a story to watch, no doubt. That's the breaking news here. Uh, in the last half hour, NASCAR bans Confederate flags at racetracks. Uh, two days after Bubba Wallace called for that to happen, NASCAR takes action. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about that. A couple other thoughts to get to as well. And we'll do it next on ESPN 690 here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 90 minutes away from the start of the Major League Baseball draft. Austin Martin could be the number one overall pick. He's from Jacksonville, FLA. That would be pretty cool. I'm 30 years old. Quarterbacks are playing into their 40s now. So I've got a lot of time. Uh, to still go out and achieve all the dreams that, that that I've set out for myself and all the goals I set out for myself. But right now, with where I'm at in Baltimore, I'm just trying to maximize that opportunity. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll be in Baltimore for, for the foreseeable future, uh, playing the role that I am right now, but getting compensated more for it. Or I'll be able to go out and uh, compete to be a starter again uh, somewhere in the league. Uh, just continue to go out and earn it every single day. Go ahead and segue this one. That's RG3. Is he serious? Was that from like 10 years ago? Yeah. I, I forget RG3's even in the league. I know. Who, Cam Newton, RG3. Oh, Cam Newton all day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. What an indictment that would be if Cam Newton can't get a job in RG3. Okay. All right. I you, mean, you, I mean, the rises are comparable. I think, right? Or not? I mean, I know Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl. Let's check out the stats real quick. Don't give me that look until we see the numbers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how many career games does RG3 have? But, hey, like, let's go o- the numbers. Over, under, before you even tell me the numbers of career games for RG3, it's definitely under 50 in my opinion. Under 50? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're incorrect. <clears throat> how many? 52. 50. <laughs> Hey, you said under you said under fifty. You said under fifty, okay? I mean what do you want me to tell you? You're wrong. Now let's go to Cam Newton's All right, so let's see what we got here. Cam Newton's now hundred and ninety something. Hundred and twenty four. All right. Okay. So wow. Two and a half the careers of R G three. Sure, sure, sure. Now let's look at completion percentage. 
career, 63.1 for RG3. Cam Newton. <laughs> we're not. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. We're Brad. not measuring oh, your argument. Oh, it's going down. Cut the, his mic. We're not even. The, we're not even. Oh, no. We're not argument. even doing a comparison for a guy who has 52 games versus 124. Mm, mm. That's like getting in the conversation of Jimmy Garoppolo once went 5-0. and oh. mm-hmm. Great. Over four seasons. Oh, <laughs> let's let's go to the quarterback. Okay, hang on. Wait a second. Maybe. All right. I'm just going to be. Ah, hang on. Um, let's go to that quarterback rating real quick here. RG3, 87.4 quarterback rating. Not bad. All right. Cam Newton. What did I say? 87.4 for... Oh, no. I had Cam Newton, 86.1. This stopped oh, this exhibition. Oh, no. Oh, no. The analytics. This has me Coming back to for you to get uh, your other ankle tripped up on the shower. <laughs> the analytics coming back to bite you a little bit. It's all right, though. Seriously, like touchdown percentage. Let's see that Does he real really quick. still think he could, like, accomplish great things in the NFL? How old is RG3? Um, RG3 is 30 years old. Is that it? Yeah. My goodness. Cam Newton is Him 31. And Andrew Luck were in the same draft. Well, one's Correct. retired, and one yeah. I thought was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, I get. Listen, he's thirty Kirk years Cousin old. Cousin was in that draft too, by the way. It, 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 it's really interesting that the rise and fall of RG three is obviously pretty supreme, right? I mean, it's like wow, he was a star. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like you know he was. That's why you know guys like RG three and and believe this is not a black quarterback thing. Yeah. It's just. It's the dynamic nature of RG3. It's, But he's the reason why – he might be the reason why I pause a little bit on Lamar Jackson. Because, sure. I mean, he just took the league by storm. Well, yeah. I you mean, know, he was – and, and, and But then he got hurt <laughs> so much that he just derailed his career. Like, And then that was it. It, was, it, yeah. it never even like was, hey – Maybe he can come back. It didn't feel that. I'm sure there were these times, but it just felt like, man, that's it. And and so maybe that's the hesitation. Mm-hmm. Just even like the RG3 comp, mm-hmm. how dynamic and great and, and wow RG3 was mm-hmm. to not even knowing he's in the league anymore, really. I'm just reminded of, I remember, I think I remember his rookie year when he they were in the playoffs. And I think Mike Shanahan was the coach. Remember, like, he had that injury and they were like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And Shanahan threw him out there and he goes to a scramble and his leg just literally almost falls off. Like, the whole thing just gives out and he falls. That, yeah. was, that was a nasty was scene. And one could argue that he was never the same after that again. I, I never I, thought we would talk about RG3 for more than two minutes today. Well, who's crazy. played him in? It, yeah. It's wild that that was RG. That would have been a great, like, who was this? Good point. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. who is, who's talking? Yeah. Because what? I would never think, like, I feel like RG3, uh, I, by the way, I knew he's in the league still, sure. but I feel like he had just settled into that that backup role. Like, Chad Henney ain't having that soundbite. He is not do, He is not saying that. No, and he's no. the same age, maybe yeah. a year older. But mm-hmm. that's the way I feel about it. Like, Chad Henney knows he's a backup. Mm-hmm. Sure, he might get a chance to be Matt Castle for a year or something like that. But he's the, the days of him, people giving him a chance to be a starting quarterback are over. He is what he is. Kind of feels like that with RJ3. And by the way, I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe he should get one. I, I, I don't know. But he... He doesn't feel like he's anywhere close to one. Like, the, no. you, you're better chance being a fifth-round quarterback and getting a starting job yeah. than you are RG3 at this time, uh, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I agree, right? Because we're, we were left of the brilliance, which was his rookie year. I mean, he led the Redskins to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, that, that was, a, I think, and, was he rookie? He was rookie of the year. And it was how he did it, man. I mean, no, it for was sure. 
electric. But then, once again, the, the, the guy gets hurt, and then all of a sudden he kind of appeared to be a shell of himself, and he was never the same ever since. So, I, I mean, listen, it's it's good to have that kind of confidence, and, and it's good to try to speak it into existence, but let's be honest here. The, the, the NFL, it chews you up and spits you out. And as soon as you show who you really are, and all of a sudden um, you're a backup quarterback, it's hard to get back on that starting role. You know, even like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has defied a lot of things of what a backup quarterback is, even Ryan Fitzpatrick has an expiration date. Yeah, yeah. You get uh, you, you do get labeled. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, qu- pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It, you might get one second chance, but that's about it. And that's why, by the way, I say it's so important for Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Like Minshew, this is this is it's not it, so to speak. They're a young guy, and, and who knows what else happens. But sometimes it shows that this is it. Mm-hmm. Like you better take advantage of this chance, or this could be it. This could be your only chance. Uh, especially without some of the tools that a lot of other guys even have that are given another chance. Uh, the I'll tell you the story about uh, RG3. Jags are playing the Redskins early in the season. It might have been the first game. Ryan Kerrigan, like, I think... I think this was the game where Kerrigan went off and had like four or five sacks. Oh, yeah, he's doing the Shawn Michaels pose the uh, whole time. Yeah, But yeah. is that the game? RG3 started the game, and Kirk Cousins came in. Ooh. Well, yeah. after that game, this is hindsight, whatever, take it for what it is. But somebody was like, the worst thing that happened to us is RG3 went out of the game. We, 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 did, we would have rather RG3 stayed in than Cousins come in. Sure. And if you look at their careers, how they parallel since then, that person wasn't wrong. Correct. Cousins has now taken off. He became the guy in Washington. He, he supplanted uh, RG3 as the guy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where we still stand. But I remember them telling me after that game, I, I could see right where I am at Jags headquarters. And somebody was like, yeah, that, that game went to crap. Once RG3 got hurt, yeah, we wish he stayed in. Dang, yeah, I for mean, sure. that was the view, at well, least. Well, and it, it was a weird kind of dynamic, right? Because RG3, he was the first-round pick. And you remember how much they sacrificed to get him? Yeah. Because they, they traded him to the Rams, oh, right? it was a huge, oh, it huge. Was, it, was, it was a king's Bump ransom. Load. In fact, if I'm in Washington, I probably look at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And you get the glory of that one year. But I look at that time and say, well, that was, the, that was why we're in a the swoon that we're in. Exactly. What, I mean, I don't know if that's the way they look at it, but that'd be my guess. No, for sure. And to be fair, it's not like the Rams did a lot with those draft picks either. I don't think they didn't really. I don't think they did cash, cash him in. in. But then you had a guy like Kirk Cousins, who was the fourth round pick of that same draft, right? Where it was like, and I get it, quarterback competition, it's fantastic. But dude, you sacrificed so much to get RG three. He was the guy going forward, no matter what, because you couldn't justify him being a backup to a fourth round pick. Well, RG three gets hurt, and you had no choice but to put Kirk Cousins in. And then the rest is history. I also say this though, and I use this example as a lot, and it's not like it's got him a Super Bowl or anything else, but it got him better play and at least competitive. And we know what Kirk Cousins is now. Could he have been that way in Washington? Were there other reasons? You know, there's a lot of storylines. Mm-hmm. But I still say what Washington did that year, even after unloading all these picks and not even having a lot of picks left, still took a quarterback in the fourth round. Shows you the importance of the position and the value of the position that very few organizations put on it. Few people have the kahunas to do it. (laughs) I think it was a that move alone. Like, I don't know. Trading, obviously, all those picks for RG3 didn't work out. Getting RG3 and Kirk Cousins in the same draft turned out to be a pretty smart move. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't lead them to a promised land because they made a lot of dumb moves and, and it just didn't work out. But I'm actually surprised more teams don't 
invest more in that QB position, even if it creates an uncomfortable room. Now, they could look at Washington as a lesson of uncomfortability, too, because there were some uncomfortable times for Jay Gruden and for others that had to make those decisions. Who are we going with? We invested all this in RG3, but we feel like Kirk Cousins is better. When do we make that? You know, so there, it does offer some dynamics, mm-hmm. uh, but it also you go you I use that example, and then I also will take you to like the Patriots example, where you'll draft some guys and a guy like Jimmy G who might be the next thing, but then you'll still get something back in return, and sometimes more than you even invested in him. Correct. So I, I just am a little surprised that more teams, even with don't do what maybe Green Bay did this year. Now first round's a little sketchy, but it's not like it was a top ten pick. Yeah, You know, I don't think the move on the outside looking in to go get Jordan Love, if you believe in a guy and trying to see if he is the guy, Mm. and maybe even if he's not getting another guy in two more years, is that bad of a move for the overall good of a franchise? But, Brent, keep in mind, though, there's a difference. Washington was in dire need of a quarterback, okay? They're coming off an atrocious season. Someone had to turn it around. The Green Bay Packers were one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's I, I the difference. That's fair. Yeah. That's the difference. Well, my point being in that con- in that context was maybe the first round wasn't the time to go get Jordan Love. Yeah. But if you had taken a receiver first and then in the second round you use a pick to get a quarterback that you might like, yeah. or in the third round, well, that's not a bad dice roll. Mm-hmm. Because of the importance of the position. Like, the Patriots have done it with the greatest quarterback of all time. And they've done it countless times, by the way. Ryan Mallett is another example. That one hasn't worked out as well. But Jimmy G is the other example. And and who else? Jacoby Brissett, I think, is an example. I think those guys were all picked in the top four rounds of the draft. So, like, second, third, and fourth round, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, I think it's a smart thing to do from a franchise's point of view. Uh, you just have to be able to manage the crowding of that room or know when to say, this guy's our guy, and we're going to ship the other one off. I just can't believe I spent time defending RG3 as a better quarterback than Cam Newton. I can't believe you did that. And either. that's going to be a slap on the wrist for Austin. We almost shut off your mic during this. <laughs> you know, I saw the debate, and, and for some reason, <laughs> I just had it in my head that RG3 had a lot more of a storied career than what he really did have. I can't believe he's just 30 years old. And I'm really kicking myself because I wish we didn't tell everybody who that was. Would have been a great game to play. That would have been a fantastic um, game. Before we go, we started the show with uh, your incident in the bathroom last <laughs> night. Yeah. Uh, you know, that Shut Up and Dance song can be a tricky one. It was, okay, I'll tell you right now, I can't stand that song. It wasn't the song, okay? So let's take that narrative out of it right now. Uh, but anyway, you slip up. Yeah. Guy goes and spars for hours, gets hit in the face a bunch of times. Sure. Nothing happens. Sure. But he goes to take a shower after, and he gets seven stitches in his ankle. Yeah, for sure. You brought up uh, in our text oh, conversation, yeah. what are some of the biggest gaffes <laughs> yeah. of of injuries? Yeah. You know, listen, pitchers and, and players have been known to slip in the shower. Now, were those the real excuses or that old slip off the sidewalk? How many had you had yeah. is, is usually the next curiosity. Yeah. So guys get strange injuries sometimes. Who was the guy? Well, it's, it's Gus Farratt, who obviously, by the way, of Washington, yeah. you know, nails his head oh, yeah. into in celebration yeah. and hurts his neck. Yep. Right? It was Farratt. Yep. Um, Joba Chamberlain? Didn't uh, he yeah, hurt Jabba, himself? Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, Jabba. Didn't he hurt himself on a trampoline? He might have. That's a good call. So now here's the thing. All right, I got seven stitches. He also got attacked by a lot of bugs in Cleveland. Remember that game, Joppa Chamberlain? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? If you're a professional athlete, and like, yeah, I'm a fighter, but I'm not, listen, 
like, I can still walk around. I'm going to be training back tomorrow. It's not a big deal. Seven stitches, slam, bam, and, and we're, we're back to go. Okay, so we're fine. But, like, if I'm a professional athlete and I hurt myself and I have a career or a, like, I literally, I think it was a career-threatening injury, wasn't it? That he, it was the ankle. Like he, it might have been. I, up, yeah, I don't remember the specifics. So if I have Good a career-threatening, nice yeah, if I have a career-threatening injury, I'm not. I'm gonna lie. I, I have to lie. <laughs> I absolutely have to lie. We I'm not gonna say that. I hurt myself on a trampoline. For instance, if I was playing on the Jaguars and I hurt myself in the shower, no, 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 no. If I have seven stitches, I'm gonna be out for practice. I was at Jack's Beach. I, I want to get. Dipped my toes in the water, and a sand shark came out of nowhere and bit the crap out of my ankle, coach. I, I'll be back tomorrow. I uh, I broke my collarbone on a trampoline. Oh, it was bad, and it was it was one week after my collarbone had just healed from being broken. Jeez, man. Yeah, it was a rough ninth. Ninth grade was pretty rough. Tra- trampolines are no joke, man. Like no, in that, the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That was the reason why insurance companies don't usually cover them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, it wasn't our trampoline either. It was our neighbors, which then but, explains it even more. But I'm trying to think back to, like, for whatever reason, it's funny. Like, every single year in the NFL, it's like it's like the year of the Liz Frank injury or it's like the year of the shoulder injury. And, like, I want to say it was, like, 2015 or 14. It was the year of, like, the sack celebration injury. Because I remember, like, my former teammate and one of my really good friends, uh, Lamar Houston got a sack against New England, against Tom Brady. I mean, hey, you sack Tom Brady, go hog wild, man. And he was doing, like, the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration yeah, where he jump yeah, up yeah, and then yeah. go like that. Simple, I simple. I mean, very, I very, very pedestrian, very mundane, not that much athleticism. And he jumps down, lands on it, and then just, boom, knee just gives out, tears everything in his knee. And I think the same thing happened, too, for, was it Danny Trevathan? From the Lions, I think they're the exact they same, did the thing. same thing. Yeah, Mar- Martin Gramatica. Oh yeah, that's it a was big Martin, one. right? Yep, yeah, Martin. Uh, he obviously in celebration. Yeah, uh, busted his knee. I'll give you one in um, baseball. Yeah, wasn't it uh, Kendry 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 Morales from the Angels? I think it was. Yeah, or yeah. Was he played for the Cardinals. I think it was the Angels, and he hits a grand slam. I think a walk off jumps yeah. up on home plate. Yeah. So my question to you, that Brad, would be awful. Oh, I mean. The most jubilation ever to going to the like the worst feeling of all time. Like you yeah. like just gave you up. You know what's funny that this happened to you? Well, not really that funny, but it's That's kind fine. of funny, funny. Because I don't care. I I've been telling you about this card game that I've been walking off and winning, and I've really been running around the house in, in celebration, and I've been like trying to hit the top of like the the door <laughs> sure. uh, arches. Yeah. And the house that big can't even reach the door out. Yeah. Oh no, and I can because I can jump. Okay, guys. But. Uh, <laughs> I I actually did it the other day. I'm like, what are you doing, man? I was like, you're going to f- land on your knee or yeah, an ankle. Yeah. And then about a day later, you get it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have so, to worry about anymore. I'm not undefeated anymore. Most embarrassing injury of all time for you, Brent Martineau. Coos, feel free to chime in, too, as well. I mean, the trampoline's pretty bad, but I'm sure you get worse. I didn't give this any thought. Uh, actually, I do. I do have a worse. I'll, I'll wait. No, no, you go, because honest, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have had very little on the injury front. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock, so, on, knock uh, on wood I mean, I've sure. had a car accident and hurt my knee. I I have, uh, oh, I'll give you, I've got it. I got it. This clear as day. You can hold on, Coos. I'm, I'm seven years old. Okay. Okay. Yep. Mom and dad are away. Uh, is mom and dad away on this one? I think they were away on this one. Okay. And... Like so, my aunt is watching us. I think. Sure. Uh, aunt, you guys would say down here, and <laughs> you guys. Um, 
my neighbor's 14-year-old neighbor. He's the one that kind of taught me sports and stuff. Okay. And it's a he's got a riding mower, like an old riding mower. Okay. All right? Yeah. Big, big yard. Yeah. And I am on top of – I'm seven. I'm little. I'm a, yeah. I was little all the way. But uh, I'm on top of the actual, like, hood part of the mower while he's mowing. So, like, you're, he's mowing. You're riding on top of a mower at seven years old while it's going. Yes. While it's running. Yeah. Blades underneath. Yep. Seven years old Brent Martineau. Yeah. Where's the parental discretion here? Anyways. They were away. Yeah. I, and <laughs> so my hand is on the side. I'm holding on the side. Okay. Well, he pulls down the clutch to put it in reverse or something, <laughs> and it almost sliced off my finger. I still got the oh. scar. Almost like all the way off. My finger was right there. Dang. There you dude. Go. So you talk about stupid injury? Yeah. What the hell am I doing at seven years old on a riding mower? Simply told, though, you're looking at something worse than happen, I know. Man. Lucky it didn't cut, yeah. cut off the whole tip, but almost Whew. did. There you go. Parental discretion. Come I didn't think I had a lot of injuries, but that was a pretty good one. That's a, that's a legit one. I wish I could say mine was when I was young. Mine was in college. Two weeks ago. Well, of course, most people's are. Yeah, by yeah. The way. So we're uh, <laughs> down, in, <laughs> down in St. Augustine, uh, right by the tennis courts. Five there's tennis courts. They got probably a 10-foot fence. It's like a chain link. And uh, we had been out at Pirate Fest, so we were drinking a lot of rum and Cokes. And I was with an ex-girlfriend and a roommate at the time. And it's probably about 10 foot up. And I'm like, oh, I can touch the top. You know, because I was relating it to basketball, and they're like, you can't touch the top. And so, because I had to show off to my then-girlfriend at the time, I go to jump, but I took, like, a running start, and my yep. fingers went into the chain-link fence, yep. and I cracked both down. And I actually got the, the boxer's fracture, whatever. the yeah, yeah. yeah, I got that. And now my parents don't believe that story. They think I got into a fight. No, like, be honest. No. You, you got drunk and punched in drywall. I thought you did. <laughs> no, I, okay. wish, I wish I'd rather I it be that. Uh, I, I believe them because yeah. I would definitely say I got in a fight and broke my hand. If oh, it's yeah, like if a boxer's yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. If I could say that, I would, but that's not what happened. To be honest, if, if you didn't break your hand, would you touch the top of the yes. other room? Yes. And, no, but wait, wait, wait. In a, redemption, okay, Bird. in a redemption story, like you said, you didn't go get your hand looked at. I didn't yeah. either. I went to the bars and spent the night out with a broken hand, just held My beers man. to it, My and man. woke up, and it was like a club. <laughs> exactly. But, like a balloon. By the way, did you see Michael Jordan caught that 442-pound Marlin? Yeah. They finished sixth. Larry Bird's boat finished first. <laughs> I didn't think you were so, so <laughs> Wow, so hey, so Larry Bird's a better fisherman. He can have it. Congratulations. All right, we'll see you on TV Camera tonight. Tricks. CBS 47 and Fox 30. Austin Martin going in the top five picks of the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. We'll have that covered. And uh, make sure you tune on CBS 47 and Fox 30 right now uh, for a special presentation. Also on WOKV on 104.5 uh, regarding what's happening in the world, our country, and our city of Jacksonville these days. Have a good night, everybody. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.